You are listening to the Career Lounge podcast with Ada Ofonri, where we discuss how to define success on your own terms in order to create your dream career and business. All of the information from this podcast episode will be in the show notes, which can be found at thecareerlounge.com. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. My name is Ada and you are listening to the Career Lounge. Today, we are going to be talking about interviews, and this is the last part of the four-part series on interviews. The first part was on five interview questions and how to answer them. The second part was on 10 interview questions you definitely want to be asking in each and every interview you go into. The third part was 10 tips to help you excel in interviews. And in this last stage, we are going to be talking about 10 common interview mistakes. So something to be aware of if you find yourself interviewing with everything happening in the world economy at the moment. So let's dive right in. Number one interview mistake is, I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast episode, but it's trying to be who you think they want you to be rather than being yourself. It's really important that you're authentic in your interview process. And the reason for that is that if you're inauthentic during the process, you'll find that very quickly, if you were to get the position, you'll hate it, right? (laughs) You'll either hate that position or the company just won't be happy about the work that you're doing, or you'll find that you don't fit in with the team. And there's usually some kind of misalignment there. So best thing to do is, of course, do your preparation, do everything you can to equip yourself to succeed during the interview process. But when you go in there, just be yourself, right? I think that that's something really important to abide by. Mistake number two is not asking enough questions. This is a major mistake I see so many people making, which is why I did a whole episode on 10 questions that you can be asking in interviews. It's really important that you equip yourself with as much information as possible so that you can make an informed choice, right? It's one thing if the company is excited about you and they want to interview you, but how do you know that you want to work for the company beyond what you read on their website? Every company can hire a good copywriter to create a good website, but what are the people that who are interviewing you, the people who work there day in, day out, what are they saying about the company? Because I think that that's infinitely more important than the public image of the company. whoever the company might be. So I think if you're not asking enough questions when you go into interview, then you're missing a very vital trick in the interview process and a very important piece of information that will enable you to make much better decisions when it comes to positions. Mistake number three is not being honest about what's happened previously. And I say that more as part of your reflection process rather than what you actually say in an interview. It's very easy to go into an interview thinking, oh, the reason I left my last three jobs in under a year was because all of my bosses were rubbish or the companies were rubbish. But actually, what accountability have you taken? And have you actually sat down with yourself and been really honest about the role that you could have played in these situations 
Or have you sought feedback from people whose opinion you might value or even people whose opinion you might not value, right? Because ultimately what we're talking about here are people's perception of you. And as much as I'd like to think that that is an important, if you're working in a corporate environment, that is really important, right? So if you're going to an interview and your focus is on the issues with your colleagues, the company, the job, everything else but yourself, then what you're showing is really a lack of awareness and a lack of awareness because you are the common denominator here. And I'm not saying this to be harsh, but I'm saying that sometimes it's important to just be honest and be truthful about what a situation is and to have the mindset of wanting to play your part in changing that narrative when you move into the new company rather than continuing with an old pattern. So just something to really kind of think about when you're going into interview. Mistake number four I see people make is interviewing due to fear. I've seen people basically hang their hat on an interview process and almost feel that if they don't get this position, then their career is over or their life is over, or then it shows that they're not able to move forward in their lives. And that is so false. I couldn't even tell you. I'm not saying that it's not important to really want something. Of course, that's important, right? However, it's also important to be able to take a step back and understand that if something hasn't worked out, it's because there's something bigger and greater for you out there. It's because God is rerouting you, right? Sometimes there are things out there that are bigger and better for us that we're just not privy to yet. And we have to kind of go through a process to be able to uncover that. So if a position that you're interviewing for hasn't worked out, yeah, of course it's sad, right? And it sucks and it's horrible. However, it's important that you don't sit there, that after a while you're able to pull yourself together and you're able to keep going and that you're not interviewing due to fear of not getting a position. Because again, that loops back to mistake number one, which is being who you feel the company wants you to be rather than genuinely being who you are. Because ultimately that person who you are always wins out, right? Even if you're trying your best to be the person that you feel you need to be, very quickly, your real self will come out. So there's no point sort of trying to do that. Mistake number five is not paying any attention to your intuition. And I think that this is a really important aspect of life generally, but the job search process specifically that we often don't speak about, right? Sometimes you walk into a company or you meet someone and you think something, you just get a sense, right? Positively or negatively. And sometimes it's beyond your comprehension, beyond what you can explain logically. I think it's important to pay attention to those things, right? So a company and a position might look amazing on the surface, but actually if you pay your attention to your intuition, it might be telling you that that's not the company for you. You don't know what's down the line for you or even for the company, good or bad, right? So it's really important that that's something that you take the time to pay attention to and not override with logic, right? I think that logic and intuition can coexist as long as they respect the role that the other plays. And I think it's very important that one doesn't override the other, but that's just a personal sort of way of thinking. You, you might not necessarily adhere to that yourself. Tip number six is 
being scared to own your story. And I talked a little bit about this in the previous podcast episode. You know, a lot of people have red flags. Some people have had curveballs in life, which has meant that they've had to change direction or do things a little bit unconventionally. And, you know, sometimes they feel that that puts them at a disadvantage. Maybe it does, right? You can't sort of ignore that if you have a less than traditional trajectory in your career, that sometimes that makes it a bit difficult for you if you're in an industry where people like to stick to the norm. However, I will say that how you tell your story matters. And if you've come to terms with what your potential red flags might be, and if you focus on the lessons that you've learned and how those have impacted you positively as a person, that is so much more powerful than going into these interviews, being so anxious about these questions being asked because the interviewers can see your body language. They can tell that this is an issue. They can tell that this is a problem for you that you haven't necessarily come to terms with. And sometimes people feed off that energy, right? They might've felt things were going well, but when you're sort of harboring all of this anxious energy, over something that in some cases has happened due to actions you've taken in other situations, they're no fault of yours, right? Life happens. So it's really important that you take the time to really figure out how you want to talk about things that might be potential red flags in your career story and to own it. Tip number seven is a really obvious one, and this is a lack of preparation and research. It is not difficult to get information about a lot of companies today, to get information, not just about what's happening on the company website, but to Google the company, to see what news topics or items affect the company, and to really do some research on the industry to see what industry issues might be topical at this point in time, and to be able to kind of talk about those. So those are really basic things to to sort of talk about. And I think the most common excuse, (laughs) I say excuse, the most common reason people give for not preparing enough is because they're busy in their lives, right? And so sometimes it's difficult to put enough effort into a new process when you have a day job. I get it completely. Let me say this. If you are taking the time to interview with a company, maybe you've written a resume or CV, maybe you've done an application, maybe they've even headhunted you. The fact that you've entertained that means that there's something that you're seeking, right? And maybe you're not necessarily in a rush to move into a new position, but you've ultimately entertained that opportunity. So if you're going to go there, it's well worth going there with as much information as you can. And of course, life happens. Sometimes you can't prepare as well as you would have hoped to. But if you can, you definitely want to ensure that you're able to do as much research as is possible. Mistake number eight is not asking for what you want and need to be successful. How you do this is really important because I think you've kind of got to be savvy during the process. So depending on the level of seniority involved here, when you start the process, Typically, if you think about the power scale, things are typically tipped in the favor of the company you're interviewing for, right? And then when you get to the point where they want to make an offer or they've stated verbally that they want to make an offer, things are typically maybe a bit more balanced or tipped in the direction of the candidate interviewing for the position. 
If there are things that you need to be successful in the position, I would say that that's probably towards the latter part of the interview stages is probably a good time to bring those up. So as an example, I remember a number of years ago, I was working with a hedge fund who, as far as they were concerned, they only brought on board the top 1% of people from the top tier schools across the world. And they needed somebody with certain technology skills. And I was able to headhunt and find this person. And before this person joined, he kind of knew that he was in a position of strength. And so he listed a bunch of things that the company needed to purchase. And bearing in mind, this is a hedge fund running billions of dollars, right? And they felt that they had pretty robust technology infrastructure already. And he basically came up with a list of things that he thought they would need to be able to take them to the next level. But because he was so good at what he did, there was authority behind his requests. And so the company basically felt that I I remember speaking to one of the partners in the firm and he said, look, anything he wants, we're going to get right. He's the best person we've spoken to for this role ever. And so if he tells us to get something, we're going to trust him. Now that might be an extreme example for some people, but if there's certain things you need in order to be successful for a job, you want to have that conversation, right? You might not get everything that you've requested, but there's no point starting a job being ill-equipped and then, you know, feeling frustrated fairly quickly, which I've seen happen in some cases as well. So have that conversation, understand what resources are available to you and what equipment is available to you to be able to do your job effectively and also for you to kind of grow and also evolve your skills as well. Mistake number nine is talking too much and I've alluded to this beforehand which is why I'm an advocate of the STAR situation task action result framework for interviews because the framework really catches you If you're someone who likes to waffle and talk a lot, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just important that if you're that kind of person, you recognize yourself for what you are and you prepare accordingly. I think that it's really important that you're honest with yourself and you're aware if you're someone who talks a lot, because I've had people when I was a headhunter again, I've had many people who come out of interviews and the candidates would say to me, oh, it was the best interview I've had. It went so well. And the client is like, the person wouldn't shut up. They just talked and talked and talked and talked. And it was difficult to get a question in. So I always say to people, make sure you have a bit of a structure when you go into interviews in terms of how you answer the questions. The STAR technique is a very good one. Another quick tip when it comes to answering questions is to number them one, two, three, right? To give examples, two examples, one, two. So number whatever it is you're talking about and practice, practice, record yourself, practicing answers to questions and chop out information that's irrelevant. Practice getting to the bottom line very quickly and making your point very quickly. So that helps you stay on track. In fact, I use that technique when it comes to recording podcasts, right? I write down, usually if you've listened to all of my podcasts, I usually number the points I'm going to make because that ensures that I stay on track and I keep things moving. So you can also do the same in an interview as well. Finally, mistake number 10 is not thinking about how to answer the salary question. Now, this is another sort of major area that gives people anxiety 
when it comes to interviews? Do you bring up the question around salaries? You know, what exactly, what number do you give them? Do you give them a number or do you wait for them to give you a number? Do you negotiate as a rule of thumb or do you wait until you have a physical offer in hand? And when you get that offer, how much can you negotiate without the company potentially rescinding the offer? So I'm going to say two things about that. One is it's really important that you've done your research on salary and that you've practiced answering that question so that whenever it does come up, you're equipped to be able to at least give an indication of what it is you're looking for. The second thing I'm going to say is that the topic of salaries is one that I've been asked a few times to speak on. And so that's going to form the next series for the Career Lounge podcast. So do tune in next week where I will begin to talk about salaries and the strategies that you can use to ensure that you can negotiate from a position of strength and you can also develop the skills to be able to get your salary up if you're changing positions or or getting a new job or even changing industries as well. So I hope all of that has been very helpful for you. Thank you once again so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast episode, please do share with your friends. We continue the discussion in the Career Lounge Facebook group. The Career Lounge Facebook group is one for where we talk about all of the subjects that we've covered during the podcast episode, but it's generally a great community. If you're looking to change careers or you're looking to start your own business, you just feel that you're at a point in your life and career where you want to do something that's more fulfilling and motivating. So do join us if you find yourself in that position as well, because inevitably there'll be tips that help you along the way and you'll have a chance to contribute as well. For all the information from today's episode, you can check out my website, which is adaofonry.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's A-D-A-O-F-F-O-N-R-Y.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm so excited to see you next time. Take care now. Bye-bye. Don't forget to subscribe download and leave a review. To continue the conversation, please join us at the Career Lounge Facebook group.